Hear the Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to the Gospel of Luke. Jesus also said to the disciples, a certain rich man heard that his household manager was wasting his estate. He called the manager in and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give me a report of your administration because you can no longer serve as my manager. The household manager said to himself, what will I do now that my master is firing me as his manager? I'm not strong enough to dig and too proud to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I am removed from my management position, people will welcome me into their houses. One by one, the manager sent for each person who owed his master money. He said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, 900 gallons of olive oil. The manager said to him, take your contract, sit down quickly, and write 450 gallons. Then the manager said to another, how much do you owe? He said, 1,000 bushels of wheat. He said, take your contract and write 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he acted cleverly. People who belong to this world are more clever in dealing with their peers than are people who belong to the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to make friends for yourselves so that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful with little is also faithful with much, and the one who is dishonest with little is also dishonest with much. If you haven't been faithful with worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? If you haven't been faithful with someone else's property, who will give you your own? No household servant can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thanks be to you, Lord Christ. So in the days of Jeremiah the prophet, the nation of Judah was spiritually bankrupt. See, they had turned away from the one true God and were experimenting with false gods, placing their faith in empty, powerless, many gods and relying on their own understanding rather than the wisdom of the all-knowing, all-wise Lord God of the universe, Yahweh. And in the eighth chapter of Jeremiah, the prophet laments for the spiritually afflicted people of Judah. His lament is a prophetic lament as the words and the cries are not his, but they are the very words of God. As God grieves the spiritual 
depravity of his people. Hear the words of Jeremiah the prophet. My joy is gone. Grief is upon me. My heart is sick. Hark the cry of my poor people from far and wide in the land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their images, with their foreign idols? The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. For the hurt of my poor people, I am hurt. I mourn. And dismay has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of my poor people not been restored? Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears so that I might weep day and night for the slain of my poor people. See, the nation of Judah was obviously in bad shape with their iniquity inviting the grief and ultimately the wrath of Almighty God. The people are in need of healing. And Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, calls out for a healing, redeeming balm to be applied to the open wounds of a nation. Is there no balm in Gilead, he cries. Gilead, see, is a region east of the Jordan River, Let me get my geography right. East of the Jordan River and north of the land of Moab. It was a mountainous region. And in that region, a certain tree grew. And it produced a rosin from which the people made an ointment, a balm, which had healing properties when applied to a wound. So Jeremiah laments for a balm to heal the spiritual self-inflicted wounds of his people. He appeals to God, the great physician, to provide that healing. And he appeals to the people of Judah to apply the balm of repentance to make that healing come to pass. But see, they refuse to consult the great physician. They refuse even to consult the prophet. Jeremiah, and they refuse to acknowledge God who is the only one who can heal them. And so God grieves. He grieves at the unresponsiveness of his people. And Jeremiah, as his prophet, expresses the weariness that this unresponsiveness Generates. He wants to get away from the people. Their complacency and their apathy is so draining on him. The wickedness, their failure to acknowledge the one true God is so bewildering to him. He says, Oh, that I had in the desert a traveler's lodging place that I might leave my people and go away from them. 
See, a traveler's lodge in the desert at that time was not a best western. It was not the Hilton on the plain. It was mud and stone. Usually didn't even have a roof. It was just a place to get out of the wind and the blowing dust when you were on the road in the desert. He's so put out with the people. He says, for they are all adulterers, a band of traitors. They bend their tongues like bows. They have grown strong in the land for falsehood and not for truth. For they proceed from evil to evil and they do not know me, says the Lord. Beware of your neighbors and put no trust in any of your kin. For all your kin are supplanters and every neighbor goes around like a slanderer. They all deceive their neighbors and no one speaks the truth. They have taught their tongues to speak lies. They commit iniquity and are too weary to repent. Oppression upon oppression, deceit upon deceit. They refuse to know me, says the Lord. Wow, what a sorry state Judah is in. What a sorry state the people are in. You know, in some ways, I I get what Jeremiah is experiencing. And some of you probably do too. Being ministers, leading ministry can be challenging at times. Not just for pastors, but for all ministers of the faith, which is you. It can wear down your spirit when the complacency and the apathy of the world, apathy toward the God you love and serve, it weighs so heavily on your heart. It can be defeating. It can be burdensome to preach the gospel to a world refusing to embrace it. Refusing to acknowledge that there even is a God. And this is the world that we woke up to this morning. This is the world that when we pushed the on button on the remote as we sipped our coffee, came onto our television screen. This is a world that we minister to as ministers of the gospel. A world in need of the balm of repentance. And no one is even consulting the physician. And it was clear this morning that the world suffers from the affliction of sin. A disease for which there is in fact a cure. If we would just take it. And that brings me to the gospel lesson from Luke that I just read. See, there are are few passages in Scripture that confuse people more than this parable that Jesus taught to His disciples. I want to read a different version of that gospel from the message. Jesus said to his disciples, there was once a rich man who had a manager. He got reports that the manager had been taking advantage of his position by running up huge personal expenses. 
So he called him in and said, what's this I hear about you? You're fired. And not only that, but I want a complete audit of your books. The manager said to himself, what am I going to do? I've lost my job as a manager. I'm not strong enough for a laboring job, and I'm too proud to beg. But I have a plan. Here's what I'll do. Then when I'm turned out into the street, people will take me into their houses. Then he went at it. One after another, he called in the people who were in debt to his master. And he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He replied, a hundred jugs of olive oil. The manager said, here, take your bill, sit down right here, quick now, write 50. To the next he said, and you, what do you owe? He answered, a hundred sacks of wheat. He said, take your bill and write 80. Now here's a surprise. The master praised the crooked manager. Why? Because he knew how to look after himself. Streetwise people are smarter in this regard than law-abiding citizens. They are on constant alert, looking for angles, surviving by their wits. And Jesus said, I want you to be smart in the same way, but for what is right. Using every adversity to stimulate you to creative survival. To concentrate your attention on the bare essentials so you'll live, really live, and not complacently just get by on good behavior. See, this condition of sin that the world refuses to give up will one day be judged by God. And like the manager in the parable, each of us will be called in front of the master to face an audit of our books, to give an accounting of our life on earth. And if... We have been a dishonest manager, like the one in the parable. Then we had better be ready for the expected outcome, for the dishonest and crooked way we have conducted our accounts. Like the manager, we too can expect to be fired, hell fired, as a matter of fact. But Jesus says the master in the story praised the manager for his shrewdness in setting his accounts in order, making amends and setting things right before that inevitable end took place. He doesn't praise him for his life of dishonesty, but for his streetwise creativity and ingenuity in setting the accounts right creating treasure in heaven for himself, securing for himself a hope and a future by extending kindness and goodness to others and in the process, making his master look good, giving him the honor and the glory.
See, in this world that is so in need of repentance, so in need of the gospel message of hope and redemption, we need to be as shrewd as the manager, using our street smarts to creatively set our accounts right and to help others get their accounts in order. We need to find ways to help them obtain this balm of repentance and show them how to apply it to the open wounds of their spiritual lives. This is our missional purpose as the church. As the church in Splendora. As the church in the world. There is no greater purpose for your life in the kingdom. Because there is a balm in Gilead. And Jesus has mandated you to apply it. In the name of the great physician, the healer, and the comforter. Amen.